0: Trailer Island, yeah, it's the podcast, we're a cool (laughs) show. It's another episode and it's not going to
1: (laughs) blow. Hi everyone.
0: (laughs) Oh, Matt, come on, get involved. (laughs) Look, I'm playing guitar, so I guess I'm in Oh, I guess you're in it. You're
1: just just not artistic enough for this week. Oh, well, if we're going to start off... You know, you can just do this by yourself. I'll go. I'll skip this one. I I can go down the beach. That's okay. Oh, no,
0: no, no. You don't have to do that. (laughs) No, yes, we are the Trailer Island Podcast. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm joined, as always, by... Matthew. Steve. And we compare films in their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? Steve, you're
2: nodding your head. That's because that's that's what we do. That is correct. <laughs> that's what we do.
0: And uh, this week we've got another Netflix special.
2: Fresh fresh off
0: the streaming uh, yard? Yeah, oh, from, fresh from the, the interwebs. The interwebs straight into your home cinema. We stream mm. this direct from the Pentagon. Mmm. Yes, and is is it a sequel? I don't know. I guess it's not a sequel. Nah. Is it a making? Is it a film about a making of a film that's making? Yeah, I think so. That's, yeah. that's sort of how it works. It's
1: like it's like almost like a half documentary. Act. <laughs> so my voice went really high. Uh, it's almost like a half documentary, isn't it? In a way, in oh, it's, in, a, in a way, uh, it's kind something of. something like that.
0: I don't know. Oh, there goes the music. <laughs> wow, that's a really long intro. There you go. Uh, so. Yes, this is, this is on Netflix currently. It's their, it was their flagship film for a week, I suppose. It was their big David Fincher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gary David, Oldman. Yeah, David back.
2: David Fincher's first film with his Netflix deal, I believe. Mm-hmm. He has a Netflix deal? He certainly does. That's why he's made House of Cards, Mindhunter, there all you that of
1: stuff. First film he's directed since Gone Girl, I believe. Yeah, it? six yes. years ago. Yeah. Why did he take such a break? Oh, he's doing a lot of TV stuff. Well, oh, yeah. he's doing Mindhunter.
2: Uh, now, did he direct some Mindhunter? He Hunter? did, yeah. Yeah, okay, right. Really the way like he talks that. about it, apparently is a massive chore to do.
1: Well, <laughs> a bit of shade there to David Fincher. <laughs> oh, well, you
2: know, you do two seasons and just walk away because, oh, I've got... Other stuff going, and apparently it's too expensive. I just don't maybe know he that.
1: was having flashbacks to Alien Three, and he thought, "I can't do a third one. The third ones just never worked Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, who would like to introduce this film? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a basher. Uh, today we are talking about Mank. Mank, it's awesome. Well,
0: of course it is. I think it's time we talk.
2: What is it? The writer says. Tell the story you know. Hello, everyone. Make yourself
0: to home, Mr. Mankiewicz, or shall I call you Herman? Please, call me Mank. Mank.
1: Mank. 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 This is Herman Mankiewicz, but we're to call him Mank.
0: Mankiewicz.
2: God bless. William Randolph Hearst. Ready and willing to hunt the great white whale? Just call me Ahab. Do come in. At this rate, you will never finish. You said 90 days. Well said 60. I'm doing the best I can. I've put up with your suicidal drinking, your compulsive gambling, your
1: silly platonic affairs. You owe me Herman.
2: Who do you think you are? You're nothing but a court jester. What I want to know is what
0: you think of it. It's a bit of a jumble, a collection of fragments that leap around in time like Mexican
2: jumping beans. Welcome to my mind, old sock. Him I get. But what did Marion ever do to deserve this? It's not her. Not all characters are headliners. Some are secondary. You pick a fight with Willie, you are finished. Mayor can't save you. Nobody can, especially the boy genius from New York. I removed
0: any distraction, eliminated every excuse. Your family, your cronies, liquor. I gave you a second chance.
2: You cannot capture a man's entire life in two hours. All you can hope is to leave the impression of what? Why Hurst? Outside his own blonde Betty Boop, you're always his favourite dinner partner. Are you familiar with the parable of the organ grinder's monkey? Fascinating stuff.
1: What what a trailer.
2: What really strikes you first off is the quality of sound.
1: Oh yes, I love what they've done with the sound in this. Absolutely love it.
2: Yeah, I, I adored it. Yeah.
1: I, I think we should preface face this firstly by saying um, this is about, well, yeah, the writing of Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. which came out in 1941. Yes. And I want to also just put out there that I hadn't seen Citizen Kane mm-hmm. before I watched this, and I think I did myself a massive disservice by doing that. But, in, but you know, we'll come back to that. I, I think what I love about that trailer is it it shows you that it's in black and white, mm-hmm. it's in mono sound, it's got the wonderful period soundtrack, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, it sort of captures the tone quite nicely, I think. No, I think that trailer is a little more fun than the film is, though. Personally,
0: yeah, it's a slow burn. This it, it's one, a, it's a bit mm-hmm. long. It yeah. is about it's two a, and a half hours. Yeah, but I didn't. It's interesting because I up until this point hadn't seen Citizen Kane either. Everyone's mm. like, oh, you've got to see it." Therefore, <laughs> I never saw it, but. Matt, on your advice, you went into this cold without seeing Citizen Kane. I was just like, you know what? No, I didn't really connect yeah. with this.
1: And, and it is, I think, look, I, I was off two minds. I think if a film, uh, my, my example was um, they made a, a film called Hitchcock with Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. um, about the making of Psycho. And that film you can watch without having seen Psycho or know who Anthony, uh, Anthony Hopkins without knowing who Alfred Hitchcock is. And it st- the film still makes mm. sense. Whereas this film definitely assumes that you've seen Citizen Kane. Because I watched it without knowing and I maybe it was just me, but I really had no idea who anyone was or what was happening. But now that I've seen Citizens, Citizen Kane, it makes a lot more sense. And and I actually kind of go, oh, actually, I get what they were doing now. It, it makes sense mm-hmm. to me
0: now. On, on the advice of making sure that I saw Citizen Kane first, I went and watched it and then watched this probably the next day. And with that fresh in my mind, I was, I think I really quite appreciated the film Probably more for its aesthetic and style than I did really the story itself. I think I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah. Because for that, to the recreation that they've done of that time and filmmaking is phenomenal.
1: I mean, the sounds in mono, its that's terrific.
0: And <laughs> like so the good. lighting techniques that I've got, you can yeah, see a lot yeah. of night for day stuff in there, mm. but it looks so good. Like it's lit exactly like Citizen Kane is lit. Like a lot of the style is very similar. And I think you know Fincher's, you know, known for being very particular. Oh yes, about things. And he, I think, stylistically in this, he's really yeah, nailed yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I think this is probably the most stylistic film that he has maybe ever done. I would say uh, p- potentially. P- potentially,
0: I think he might have done things you know in a particular style before that are very
1: strict and to it. But this is certainly very mm-hmm. bold. Mm-hmm in its delivery. I would suggest he's ordinarily... I haven't seen all of his movies, but I've seen a fair few of them. He tends to be a little reserved. I'm thinking a lot of the slow camera movement he does, especially in Gone Girl and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm -hmm. A lot of slow pans now. And he sort of does that in this film... But like you say, he's also added the kind of... There's kind of different energy, that kind of 1940s filmmaking energy yeah. to it. And so, yeah, he's being a little more bold. I, I would suggest he's pushed himself a little out of his comfort zone mm. to use... There's a lot of fade to blacks yeah. like there is in Citizen Kane, which is not a technique you really use anymore because it's... Kind of accepted nowadays that if you fade to black, it kind of slows pacing down a little bit. Mm. What I really like, just a quick note on
0: that, technically those fade to blacks looked practical to me.
1: Yeah, like the lights were going lights down. As in, it's yeah. the lights yeah. going yeah. down like the end of a scene in a theatre show. This film is very theatre, not themed, channeled a sort yeah. of th- theatrical kind of thing. It could be a stage show. It could be, yeah.
2: I disagree. I, I didn't find that at all. I didn't I didn't get the, the stage vibe to it at all. I, I did, okay. I got the, uh, it's going to sound weird, but... <laughs> All movies back in the 40s and 30s were sort of, you know, shot like they were stage adaptions. Mm. Well, because the
1: cameras were so huge. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
2: But this this felt like it was trying to be shot like a 30s and 40s of film. And I can see how you could get the, the feeling that it was like trying to be shot like a stage adaption. Mm. But I still felt like I wasn't looking at a 2D screen. I was part of the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I can see that. I. This film is definitely, um, I, I've, I've complained in the past about um, films where they could work as a theatre piece but not as a film because they're, they're not good to look at. Whereas this film, like you say, is incredibly cinematic. It mm. does look amazing. Mm. Um, but having said that, you could easily rewrite this script because basically Mankiewicz is one of the writers and this film kind of suggests he was the main writer of Citizen Kane, which is still disputed by many as to who actually... Yeah orson wells or man that conversation is very interesting in a very interesting conversation but um you could easily have rewritten this script when he's when he's writing this first draft he's bound to his bed because he's got he's broken his leg i think hasn't he in, in a broken. car accident yeah, in yeah. a car accident so you could easily have just rewritten the script to have been set entirely within that room you know you so you could adapt it for the stage quite easily. but this film doesn't do that it, you go out of the house mm-hmm. you have these wonderful flashbacks which are very cinematic and shot beautifully mm-hmm. and You've got these, this wonderful, all this different architecture, which makes more sense having seen Citizen Kane there yeah. yeah. when he's at Hearst's house with the massive fireplace. Like, okay, yeah. I get where that comes from now. But that before I was like, why Why am I here? Why are we dancing all over the place? Who are these people meant to be? But now, yeah. it, now it makes a lot more sense. Now, Citizen Kane
0: has on a variety of polls over the years been rated the greatest film of all time. Mm. I don't know that I agree with that entirely. I think as a product of its time. Yeah. I definitely the, enjoyed it. That is that is sort of what makes it so special I, is that I, in the time it was revolutionary in the film industry. Because yeah. they used a lot of different techniques um, in terms of- New techniques as well. New techniques, new techniques and techniques. what the focus they and, were doing. And, and the, certainly yeah. in the in the way of storytelling as well, of jumping around and mm. using makeup to age characters. I and, would say it's
2: most definitely the most influential film of all time. Right. Probably, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't call it the best film, best film of all time either, but I think a lot of the filmmaking techniques uh, you could probably trace back to that yeah. one film. Yeah. Okay. Now,
1: that actually leads me to a very good point, and it is one of, the, one of my biggest issues with this film is that we all know David Fincher is a very accomplished filmmaker, and we've got a great cast in this film with Gary Oldman, Charles Dance, to name just a few. I think this film makes the mistake of thinking it might be as... Good or as influential as Citizen Kane, and I think this film is quite pretentious.
2: I disagree. I think it treats itself like a sister film to Citizen Kane. I think it it sees itself as a companion piece because, on one hand, you have Citizen Kane, which is a story about a ambitious and 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 a man with with morals and principles. Who over the course of the movie gains more and more wealth and loses those those morals and principles. This is the opposite. This is a. This starts off with a um, about a man who has no morals, no principles, and as the movie progresses, he sees how bad the world is, and he reverts. He becomes a man of principle again, and he writes this film that that's the biggest social commentary that of that time.
1: You know, for once, um, Steve, on this podcast, you've actually changed my mind about something because I well quit done. drinking as well. <laughs> No, well done. That was really well put. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. That's yeah. a, his character arc is actually that is exactly what it is. He learns quite a lot, mm-hmm. doesn't he, over the course of this movie?
0: Huh. Sure. I, I,
1: here's my problem
0: with this film <laughs> is that it kind of made me feel dumb. Like all the characters were talking about stuff. Everyone in the same, everyone in the room is talking about stuff, and I felt like the observer going. I've got no idea who and what you're talking about, I, and and the commentary that you're making about social issues, I'm just like, I, I'm sorry, but I don't know, I can I cannot follow, yeah, you with what you're doing. Like you're saying all these things, and like, hey, we're pretty smart for saying these <laughs> things, and I'm just like.
1: I, of, pff,
0: no, I, yeah, I'm not getting what you're throwing at me here. A
1: lot of the politics in this are, are not only American politics, which I'm not very good at, but they're also 1930s, 1920s American politics. So they're so mm. long ago that I have no idea. I don't know who Sinclair is. I know he, I've heard the name before, but I don't really know what his significance is.
2: He's is a, a pretty prolific author, but I think the the politics in this in this film um, are an allegory. You know, it's mm. meant to say something more about the politics today as well.
1: But I, and I got that, and obviously they do throw Hitler around a little mm. bit as well. But I, because I don't understand the significance or the context of that history, the allegory doesn't work. Yeah, because I don't know what they like, like. You say, Alex, I agree. I had there's a few scenes earlier on in the film where um, Mank is over at um, Hearst's house, played by Charles Dance, and they're talking they're having a dinner party and sitting and they're talking about politics I'm going I have no idea what you're saying I, all I'm getting is that this person is upset that that person said something but Mank is trying to spur them on and it's like you just kind of take cues as to how people are feeling as to more what they're actually saying I enjoyed those
0: scenes mm-hmm. like for the most part I was still like I'm not really sure what's going on but Visually, stylistically and delivery and how it's all cut together, I th- that they were really engaging. Yeah. But, I mean, explain to me, and it might help our audience as well, is why was the story of Citizen Kane at the time so sort of controversial? Why were people warning Mank about making or writing this film?
2: Well, uh, well in Mank, we obviously see that... Uh... William Randolph Hearst, which who was a mogul back in the the 30s and 40s, is influencing a local Californian election. Now, Mank isn't happy about this, so he's put this allegory in Citizen Kane as well. You've had you've got um, Charles Foster Kane who who's running for senate, all right, and he's the only reason he's running for senate is so that people would love him. He's not, mm. and his opponent there is obviously running for principles as opposed to Charles Foster Kane, who's. You know, running on platitudes and and, and popularity and, and popularity, right? Which okay. is the, so. So uh, so,
0: so Mank is being warned against writing something about whom he is close friends with, uh, a society that he is quite endowed mm-hmm. with, and he's going. This actually isn't that great. He's indicting it, yeah, right. Okay, and that's why people are going. Oh, I don't think you should be writing this sort of film. It's like pie in the face of the, of the. Yeah, uh, people
2: absolutely, and I think what's what compounds that is that William Randolph Hearst, Charles Foster Kane, Charles Foster Kane is the the protagonist of Citizen Kane. Mm. Right, he's the man you are rooting for, and ultimately going on this journey down into the pits. You know, <laughs> becoming this 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 scarred old man emotionally, fiscally, and and and, and morally. All right, so you are you are as a as a moviegoer in the forties. You're now actually experiencing what William Randolph Hearst is supposed to be experiencing at the same time. I'd made air quotes as well. <laughs> right?
0: Was was citizen? Would Citizen Kane have been uh, as famous as it was if not for Orson Welles being in that role? Is the charisma that he brings to screen and the power that he had at mm. the time an influence on that film?
2: I think so. Okay. I think he's the, he's the pushing force behind the. The revolutionary techniques,
0: or is it also the story behind the making of this new form of storytelling that sort of brings it as this this mm. phoenix rising of the film
1: industry? It definitely has a kind of legend status about it, doesn't it? Just the making of the movie, yeah. Yeah. And this film, Mank, definitely sort of shows you that it uh, depicts it as a film that almost never was made. Mm-hmm. Really, mm. I would have. I I think what I really miss in this is sh- some of the shooting
0: of of <laughs> yeah. Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Like we get the background of shooting some other B-grade films or whatever, but I would have really liked to have seen uh, some Citizen Kane scenes from a different perspective. I wonder if they would have even been allowed to do that
2: thinking of it now. I think <laughs> as it is, this is a pretty concise film and I think going beyond anything than the writing of Citizen Kane would it would be nice, but it would literally just be cherry on top sort of thing. You really, okay. Okay. really don't need it.
1: The film is
0: long enough as it is.
2: Yeah, I mean... Do we
0: care for any of the characters in this?
2: I like Mank. I I honestly like Marion Davis as well. I thought Amanda Seyfried, Siegfried? Seyfried, Seyfried, Seyfried was was excellent in the role and really mm-hmm. brought some, some some charm and charisma to a, a, a character you think is going to be a damsel in distress or, or some washed mm. up harlot, but she gives her a lot of dimension.
1: I unfortunately didn't didn't find any of the characters grew on me. I, mm-hmm. I definitely didn't connect with anyone and I, I definitely wasn't rooting for anyone. And I think that may have been because I didn't really know, I didn't fully understand the relationships of characters mm-hmm. and who they were and what was going on, but I was sort of sitting there going, uh, can everyone just stop? Can everyone just be nice? Like it, <laughs> I, I got quite, I got quite irritable. This film did make me quite irritated. But again, I don't know if that's because more of me just not knowing... The cultural and historical significance of some of these figures mm. in this movie, mm. but I, I was sitting there going, oh, "I don't care, like just get on with it," you know. Yeah, but again, like I say, I, they could have been really well. They probably were very important people. I wouldn't know. I do wonder if this film is made for a niche
0: audience. I don't think it's as broad yeah, as a. Mm. You know, it's not a broad audience winner.
2: I think it is, but in probably in the same way that. um uh, and Comparably, Trumbo was back in 2015, um, starring Sp- Brian C- Cranston. Explain what Trumbo is. Trumbo was about um, Dalton Trumbo, who was back in the, the 40s in particular, was uh, a self-professed communist, All right? He he, he, active, uh, he was an activist for the American Communist Party. And um, as soon as the the McCarthy hearings started up in the 50s, he was blackballed from hollywood he was a writer and he couldn't get any work whatsoever and so trumbo is actually about Dalton Trumbo writing all these scripts under these pseudonyms and winning academy awards despite the fact that he's on this this hollywood blacklist that sounds like yeah. a good f- film it is it's it's a probably has a little a little bit more charm than this movie okay yeah but it's a little bit more shallow as well mm. but uh, still really really good film okay
1: now uh, back to this film uh talking about the, the audience, I think the re- well the reason Fincher made this is that the script is written by his father
2: oh yes, I did say, yeah yes yeah, so it's actually oh. I,
1: I believe his father's passed away now, uh, but he wrote this script I think ten years ago, and I think and i am assuming that's why Fincher has mm. made it is because his dad wrote which is admirable really that he's mm. done that, so I think it's a it's definitely a passion project I don't think it's meant to have a huge reach again i i def- I like film and I don't think I was the target audience for this to be honest I feel like I was. I think I will watch it again if
0: someone who really knows their stuff about Citizen Kane mm-hmm. can sort of explain to me in 10 minutes, here is why this is so significant and the backstory behind it. I think we've touched on it enough tonight to sort of give me a bit more appreciation of it now. Well, I actually kind of but- want to go
1: and rewatch it, if I'm honest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, w- I was definitely quite bored by it the first time. And having seen Citizen Kane since and having had this discussion, I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's just because I was – not educated enough to actually get what the film
0: was doing. I think I'm mostly excited about happening across a Simpsons episode that references Sitting in now. <laughs> 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 oh, be like, Bobo. oh, that's the yeah. reference. Oh, Bobo. I think everyone's always known about the Rosebud reference. Yeah. And now I, was, I think I obviously knew it at some point and then I watch it and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. the thing where they do the thing.
1: Now, shall we talk about Gary Oldman? Yes, because. Why does
2: he keep having young English re- young English receptionists in every film?
1: I think this is the second film that this has
2: happened, Steve. Well, I'm starting to see a pattern.
1: <laughs> I think you need three for it to be a pattern.
2: We'll,
0: we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Does he have a receptionist in Batman?
2: Like, uh, wait, is he in
1: Batman? Uh, oh, yeah, he's Gordon, isn't he? Oh, Matthew! Sir, I forgot he was
2: in Batman. <laughs> He Gary get, Oldman is such a transformative actor. He gets, a, he is like
1: he gets around. I always, I always forget he's in Harry Potter as well. I always forget yeah. he's serious black. He is serious such black. Such a he, good actor. He
0: is a bit of a chameleon in films. Yeah, I think. he is. Yeah. Um, you know, even
1: in like something like Leon. He's now, fantastic. there's a film that you were telling me about, Alex, and I shouldn't laugh as I introduced oh. this. A film called Is It Twinkle Toes? Tiptoes. Tiptoes. Oh, jeez. Tiptoes. Uh, um, if, t- tell us about that. N- uh, no. <laughs> Just, more, just, from the, just from the lens of how good an actor Gary Oldman is, that's why I bring it up. So we know that... <laughs>
2: we
0: We're
2: know that ready g- to be... Uh, what, what's the word? Insulted? Stumped. Uh, stumped. <laughs> oh, Belittled.
0: Um, so oh, I can't believe you're making me talk about this. I'm sorry. So I this th- is a film that exists called Tiptoes and I think even Matthew McConaughey's in it. Oh, yeah, he is. Mm. And what year was it made? 2000 and yeah, it wasn't long ago. Like, it was like in the last 20 years and Gary Oldman plays a short person and the film is about Matthew McConaughey meeting this girl and they go to meet the family and the girl is you know normally proportioned and her family is short people and that's the thing of it and Gary Oldman plays a short person and he has performed this entire film on his knees.
2: <laughs> Why is it okay in Lord of the Rings? I don't, I don't And mean.
0: I strongly suggest going on to wherever you stream your trailers from and look up the trailer for Tiptoes. And just, I'm not going to say anything more than no. that. That's just what happens no. in it. But uh, we're just, not here to talk about it. Just that look movie. at the execution mm. of it, okay? But, yeah, and it was but a different my, time.
1: Different time. But my point yeah. is, is he really is. He, he does. So many different characters. He dives into whatever is yeah. given, doesn't and he? And obviously his Churchill, which I think he, he won the Oscar for that, didn't he? His Churchill, I think. I should certainly hope so. Uh, that was terrific. Should yeah. I see that? Oh, yes. yes. Darkest Hour is a fantastic movie, should which is I... set in the same year as this yeah. movie, Mank.
0: Mm-hmm. Should I see Dunkirk or Darkest Hour first?
1: Uh, I would see Dunkirk first. Yeah. And yeah. then
0: they sort of, not
1: they tie in, but they're similar era. They're, they're, well, they're the same. These happen at the same time. Right, but didn't the films
0: get released at this very similar time?
1: No, you're thinking of the fact that they released two Churchill biopics in the same year. Ah. We had the Brian. They're both excellent. We're not even talking about Mank anymore, but they're both excellent. We've got um, Brian Cox in Churchill, and right. we've got Gary Oldman in Hour. But let's let's bring it. Back
0: Why does Hollywood do that? That's true. sure. So like the Twister in the other film that came out at the same time.
2: Question for both of you: Yeah, would you consider? It's, a, it's an it's a weird one, but could you sort of consider? Twenty twenty to be the end of, like the twenty tens ish a little bit. In what I'm, I'm getting to, a, I'm getting to a point. You're getting oh, to a
0: point. Well, it's, I'm just it's, saying, it's it was the end of the twenty. It's the 20, end of a decade. It's I, it's.
2: I'm just saying that I think the past decade has been it's been really really good for historical dramas. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been like some yeah. really fantastic historical drama movies made in the last ten years.
1: In the Imitation Game, I thought, was a, a stellar um, example.
2: The what's the Stephen Hawking one?
1: Uh, theory of Everything. Theory, yeah,
2: that's, that was really good. Yeah. Churchill, fantastic. Mank, I thought it was, was excellent. Trumbo is a great film.
1: Breathe, which was Andy Circus's yep. directorial debut. That was great. What was that about? That is about, I forget the guy's name, unfortunately, but the guy who invented um, the electric wheelchair uh, with the life support thing and everything in it because he was paralyzed from the neck. well, he's completely paralyzed, I believe. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the film, and we're not talking about Mank anymore, no. so we should okay. really bring this back. But anyway, Breathe is great as well.
2: But it's, it's it's been a great decade, last well ten years for for these sorts of films.
0: Mm. And do you feel like Mank is perhaps the is it the full stop
1: on on the quality not. of these sort of films? I, I hope not. Mm. I don't think it, if it, if it is a full stop, I personally don't think it's a particularly good one. Mm-hmm. I do, I do think this film. So yeah, back to Mank. That's what we are here to talk about. Um, just a few qualms I have with it. Looks amazing, sounds amazing. The style is is just so cool. But it, mm. I find the pacing very troublesome. It's very slow. It is a slow burn. But um, I find if you're going to have this film, very much, very similar to Citizen Kane, which jumps across the different times, and you know, you go, you got flashbacks, flash forwards, that kind of thing. You have to keep it pacy. You can't just abandon your audience into the into the ether. And I feel I think this film does that a little bit. It kind of abandons you. Goes you figure it out. Okay, in my in my opinion. Yeah,
0: no, I, I, I kind of agree mm-hmm. with you on that. Well, if we were to, I mean, it does like really cool stylistic things, like the uh, the film reel change dots.
1: I love that. That was yeah. so cool to see that again. It was weird seeing it on a TV at home, but yeah, it was really cool <laughs> seeing that again. That's That's it.
2: I, I'm actually, I, I probably feel the same way about your attitude to Greyhound. I wish I saw this in a the theater.
0: Yes, I agree. Mm. I started watching this on a on a smaller computer screen because of my situation where I was. I was like I really need to go home and mm. watch this on a bigger screen mm. which I'm glad I did and yeah I think if you saw it in the cinema I probably would have been even more engaged
1: yeah, yeah. just with that, that's that crackle crackly sound yeah. like and and I say it in a good way like they you know they they've aged the audio to sound like it was recorded back so then So I think this was shot digitally as well yeah they've and I, they've I'm, done the effect to it to I'm make fairly it look I'm pretty sure way. they've done it in post Finch is pretty good at doing these subtle digital stuff. Like, for example, gonna say. there is a scene in what well, is a scene in Zodiac where they've basically there's a scene on with a uh, car on a street. I've only seen Zodiac once, but I've seen the effects real. and you assume that it's just the buildings are real and everything, but it's actually just the car on the mm. street that's there, and everything else is digital, and it just mm. looks. So good. Oh, same with Mind Hunter. If you look at yeah. the effects rules for that, almost nothing in that is real. Mm. And I was like, wow. And uh, in Go with the Dragon Tattoo, most of the the actual falling snow is all digital. Wow. But it, it looks incredibly real. Well,
0: I think I think I would really look forward to seeing a behind the scenes yeah, effects reel for this, which I'm sure we'll get because we normally do. If we could give this, what what are we going to rate this out of? What what I uh, film rule change dots? Uh, I do like that. Bottles uh, of whiskey, bottles
1: of yeah. What was what? What, what were the bottles? Yeah, I didn't. I don't understand that. Well, so the ones that when he turned up at the house and the guy put the case on the table. Yeah, yeah. Was it
2: medicine or alcohol? So I think he was pretending it was alcohol. He was like, "Okay, here's your alcohol. For the whole time you're, I'll be, you'll be riding, uh, try and stay away from it." Yeah, uh, and the idea was for him not. To drink it at all, like it was like, don't drink it. It's there for you when you've finished. Finished, yeah. Uh, but obviously, because Mank is an alcoholic, he gets into it, and it's not actually whiskey. It's sedative.
0: Yeah, it's a some sort of strange cocktail, yeah. Yeah. and so he starts
2: drinking sedative instead of whiskey. <laughs>
1: okay, that's the that thing is that was not clear in the film, and I
2: was very confused. I feel like if we got a better close up on what the bottles were, yeah being filled with. And maybe? I think because
1: that oh, that bit where he comes into the bed from memory is a continuous take and the camera's just panning mm-hmm. back and forth. So you don't get that close up mm-hmm. of what he's actually put there. See, I was very confused by And then when they were refilling it with alcohol, I thought, well, wasn't it alcohol in there to begin with? So yeah. why? So yeah, again, like there were a few moments in this film where the, the telling stories with pictures isn't clear enough, which is actually odd for Fincher. He's usually very good at that. I isn't.
2: would contest that. I would say you still got the basic gist. It was... Mank is out in the middle of nowhere. He he's, has no booze. Yeah, well... He's got sedative. Yeah. Sure, sure. That's the... Yeah, that's the mm. point.
0: Mm. Alcoholic. So do we go with sedative bottles, film <laughs> reel change dots? bottles dogs? of booze.
2: Bottles of booze. <laughs> fake ones.
0: Fake Fake <laughs> bottles of booze that turn out to be medicine bottles. Yes. Okay, okay. all oh. right.
2: Oh, we're in sync. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Wow. Okay, fire away, Steve. Um, I... Always enjoy a good film about a making of a film. And this is no different. And I appreciate just the amount of dedication that went into the style of the time. I love the writing in the film. I think Mank uh, turns into one of the better political heroes on screen, I think. It's very, very charismatic. Very believable. And, um, yeah, really, really happy with the film. And I will give it... Five, because I will Ooh. watch this again wow. without wow. issue.
1: There you go. All right.
0: Well, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go now.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> I will go now. now. I, I I I enjoyed it. I think aesthetically, I enjoyed it more than I did uh, storytelling wise. I felt kind of dumb at moments, like I was the silly person in the room who didn't understand what the conversation was about.
2: You don't know who William Randolph Hearst is. <laughs> I was just like,
0: like they were talking about things and I'm just like, okay, I get the general gist of things, but I, I am not following what's going on. I'm, I'm glad that I watched Citizen Kane before I, I saw this because I think I would have had a trash experience. As the film went on, I started to enjoy it more and more. But to that point, I feel like I can only give it about a three and a half.
1: See, I think I have to agree, because unfortunately, I watched this before I saw Citizen Kane. And as a result, as I've already said, I I found it. I was confused. I definitely agree. I felt like a stupid person in the room a lot of the time, and, and I struggled to keep up with it. I did find the storytelling to be annoying in this, and I thought maybe that was just me not liking the style. But when I did see Citizen Kane, that film I understood perfectly. And mm-hmm. thought, yeah, this is great. So I think this film tries to do the same thing, but just not as well. I think there's a lot more. But there's a lot more going on in this film than there actually is in Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane's actually quite streamlined. Because it's, I guess, back then, yeah. it was obviously a big deal. But by today's standards, it's probably quite normalized. Mm-hmm. Whereas this film, I found very, for me, very complex, not knowing who Hearst was and who anyone else was and all that kind of thing. Look, I will watch it again, but as of right now, I am, am going to give it a two. Jesus. But I love the way it looked. It looked good. Jeez. It sounded good. It was a delight to look at, but I did not enjoy it.
2: You like Taylor Swift more than this? I'm
1: pretty sure I gave Taylor Swift a... I didn't give that more Oof. than two, did I?
0: I think Matt's point is still valid, though, because some people are going to watch this without
2: seeing Citizen Kane. Yeah, I think that's an interesting perspective to come from. And I think Mm. it's a
0: very valid one to come from
2: Mm -hmm.
1: as well, that some people are going to see this like that and go, Also, also, um, this film, a Netflix exclusive, you cannot watch Citizen Kane on Netflix. Yeah, that's... that's So So is poor... So if you go, poor. if you look at this and go, oh, it's a film about Citizen Kane. I should watch that. Yeah. And Steve, you tried to find it to stream to. As Try well.
2: to rent it on YouTube or Amazon, and you can't rent it on either of them. You need to buy the movie. Yeah.
1: Fifteen bucks, but I mean. But that's digitally. You don't actually have the disc or anything. No, I don't. Do no. Yeah.
2: And it was sold out at um, Sandcastle Hi-Fi. <laughs> Uh, uh, there, there are, I think the there Beach are, Hut There are certain films that I'm always curious to hear the opinion of other filmmakers on mm. And I feel like I would love to listen to Especially after we just had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I'd love to hear Quentin Tarantino's thoughts on, on this film in particular I feel like he'd have a Especially with the, the filmmaking technique going on in Mank Well that's
1: a sneaky ten and a half Phew <sighs> Sorry, everyone. I let the team down there, but it's how I feel. But
0: not not the not the lowest rating of, of the year. <laughs> no. I mean, what are we doing next week? It's a uh, fat man, fat man, fat man. Next Ooh, week, getting the releases. Christmas spirit for that one. We'll be fat man. So <laughs> I think we'll need some Christmas spirits. <laughs> I can't
2: wait to record that podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, we've been the Trailer Island podcast, and that was Mank with the sneaky ten and a half on Netflix at the moment
1: yeah that's right what are you looking at me for <laughs> <Just> <laughs> hey I can go lower
0: <laughs> uh, you can find us wherever you stream your podcast tell your friends to look on Apple Podcasts Google Google uh, Spotify, Deezer Just everything and anything in between I think we're going to be on Amazon at some point I don't know uh, But you can also send us a message Send us a request if you want mm-hmm. Yes, please do We've got quite a few of those coming up in the next few months uh, So send us a message via the Facebook page There's contact at trailisland.com.au Through the website Whatever you want to do you know, Send us in an audio clip of you telling us how you feel about a movie And, and we'll, we'll do that movie and put mm-hmm, you in the, mm-hmm, in the episode yeah. There you go Yeah, that, yeah. that how many yeah. podcasts do you get doing that?
2: Uh, that's that's talkback radio.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, right, okay. Well, you know this is you know, this is special.
2: Yeah, and, uh, I think I think it's special.
0: Yeah, and while you're there, give us a rating as well. That helps us find new audience. Look, we've been the Trailer Island podcast. I've been Alex. I've been joined by Marion Davis and Gary Oldman. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, we've been the Trailer Island podcast. Good
2: night. Early well, rosebud. Bobo Bobo This is a narrative network podcast.